Yeah, yeah. feeling good? If you're feeling good, like I knew you would, let me hear you scream and shout. You didn't shout. I, I, was, I had liquid. <laughs> Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief, a weekly Q&A show from your friends here at Sandals Church. I'm your host, Justin Party, seated alongside Stephanie Supersports Schaefer. What's up, guys? We're here ready to ask some questions of the Pastor Matt Brown, and you brought a fun and special guest today. Yep, my wife, <laughs> Mrs. Again. Tammy Brown, welcome back to the show. We love it when you're on, and today we are talking all about... Are you looking at me to the, say Well, that was, I was trying to do oh. a smooth segue. Yeah, way to go. Do you guys ever practice? <laughs> no. No. I assume he that there's going to be. He practices in his head, but he doesn't tell me what he practiced for. Yeah, so that, went so sm- that went so smoothly in my head yeah. like 30 seconds ago. Well, that's why I was in your head. I'll let you tell him what we're talking about, though. How's that? <laughs> we are talking about the Enneagram, which is our entire uh, focus for the next nine weeks here at Sandals Church. We're going to be walking through the Enneagram, each of the nine types. We're calling this whole process self-discovery so that you can get to know yourself better as you relate to others. And so we've got some folks here who are our in-house experts. You know, what do you guys think for this series, the self-discovery series on the podcast? What if we ask producer Kelly, anytime somebody says the word self-discovery, we just get like a nice little jingle sound effect put in the background. I love that. Like some chimes or something. I think producer Kelly would love to do that. (laughs) You hate it? Mm -hmm. Mm. I win. Let's go with me. (laughs) We'll see. Let's go with me on this one. Well, hold on. Let me check with the senior pastor real quick. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like it. No, not, not no, a fan. That's fine. We can revisit that at home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we just said a word that probably a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with, Pastor Matt, can you give us an overview exactly what the Enneagram is and why we're not going cult? Yeah, yeah. So the, <laughs> so the word Enneagram is two Greek words put together. Enia, meaning nine. So like if you can count Spanish, unos, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho. What is nine? Nueve. Yes. Nueve. 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 Yeah, there we Thank go. You. So <laughs> same thing in the Greek language. They count. So um, yes. Enia uh, is nine. Okay. And uh, gram. So think of like Instagram, if you're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's literally something on, well, a not picture, on paper. but like it's a chartograph. Yeah, or a <laughs> telegraph. So back in the day when you would type mm-hmm. and something would come on paper. So it's the Greek word for uh, something written down. So Enneagram is nine points written on a piece of paper. Okay. And so that's literally what it means. And it's been developed. Nobody's really certain where it started or how it started, uh, but it has a huge Christian influence, specifically mm-hmm. Catholic and Greek Orthodox influence. And here's what makes it different from... Um, a lot of the psychological tools that are used by people to understand themselves, like you've done Myers Briggs, mm-hmm. or um, I'm trying to think, There's Strength like Quest, strength, strength, yeah. um, the disc you know, test. are you a retriever or a, yes. a, a yeah. beaver? Otter, or otter, otter. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let, and let me just say this: I don't want to be critical about okay, any of them. Because, house are you from? Yeah, because any, I think any tool that helps you to begin the process of looking at yourself and saying, "Who am I?" Um, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. Anything that helps you do that. So here's what makes the Enneagram special is the Enneagram is the only tool that I've found that's freely willing to talk about sin. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it includes sin in every personality type. And so this uh, type of person tends to gravitate towards this sin. And they're made up of the seven deadly sins that the Catholic Church came up. And there's two additions that we'll talk about in this series. And so... Um, you know, um, it's been super, super helpful for me. I discovered the Enneagram um, in 2006 
when I was doing my doctoral research and I was looking for a tool to help our church become more real with themselves. And that's mm-hmm. when I discovered. And I, so I started reading it and, and getting into it. And like I shared a couple of weeks ago, uh, I did not finish my doctoral research, um, got through all the school process, but didn't finish the research process of how the Enneagram actually helps people in terms of being real with themselves. Specifically, my research was focused on the ability to confess sin, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like that's a real challenge in Christians' lives. We're afraid to talk about what's wrong. Many of us are afraid to talk about what's right in our lives, but I think more of us are afraid to talk about what's wrong in our lives. And the Enneagram gives language and is a tool to point you in the right direction of maybe some sins that you continually gravitate towards. You know, when you first read it, you're like, I have all of these. Well, we all have all of them in some degree, but um, some of us specifically gravitate to um uh, other sins more than others. And then what the Enneagram does is it really reveals motivation. So it doesn't just talk about what I do, but why I do it. Why am I continually drawn to porn? What, what is the reason for that? What is the reason that I find myself lying over and over or exaggerating? Or what is the reason that I'm fearful? Or, or what is the reason that I strive so deeply for perfection or um, why is it that I find myself indulging in gluttony and and just living life to the excess? It really reveals why that is. And I think that that's a powerful, powerful tool in understanding yourself because when you can begin to say, okay, I'm feeling like for me, I'm a three and we'll talk about this uh, or I have a lot of three in me. The achiever. The achiever. When I'm feeling like I'm not being successful, I tend to start sinning more because my motivation is to be very, very, very successful. You know, I was just one of those kids when I was in college, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the president of the United States. Now I don't want that job for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to achieve, right? What's the top position in America? Well, it's president. So I'm going to, I'm going to get there. And, um, you know, so that, that, um, unhealthy desire to be the best, um, in everything. Like I took strengths quest, which is another, um, personality assessment test. And, and one of my big ones was competitor. Mm. I want to win. I want to be the successful person. And so I've had to manage that because God wants uh, us to lead a lot of people to Christ, but my motives in doing what God wants have to be pure. Mm-hmm. I can't just accomplish his mission, but I actually have to have the right motives when I'm accomplishing his mission. So it's been very, very helpful to me in terms of how I relate to you know Tammy and how I understand her and learning to understand her um, you know, her, her point in the Enneagram, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks, the six is, is extraordinarily difficult for me to understand. Um, you know, she's worst case scenario. We just actually, was it in the car yesterday? <laughs> yeah. We were in the car yesterday and I don't remember what it was, but we were talking about the possibilities of something and Tammy went straight to, we're all going to die. And I'm like, in the car, I'm like, what? And I forgot she's a six, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I'm the, the loyalist. Yeah, I'm the three. And I'm like, man, we're going to do this and it's going to be successful. And Tammy's like, we're doomed. We'll never make it. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I have to remember that's her first go-to. And so just like I have to evaluate my uh, reasons for wanting to succeed and be the best, she has to evaluate, okay, it's not always the worst case scenario. Sometimes there's actually some real good in this world. And how can I experience that, mm-hmm. trust that, find that? So anyways, again, it's just a tool. If you research it, let me just say this, they're weirdos. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, and you're going to hear me say this over and over again in the series. We are going to study the Bible. So we're not going to study the Enneagram. We're going to study the Bible and we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about these sins and their counterpart truths and, and good things. Because, right, the Enneagram is, is based on a, a lot of sins that we struggle with that are found in the Bible and their antidote um, <clears throat> virtues that we're to pursue. 
And so, so don't think we're going to be studying some, you know, pagan non-Christian book for, you know, two months. We're studying the Bible and we're mm-hmm. going to look at how the Bible reveals these things. But what the Enneagram is going to help you do is really take note of yourself, look at yourself and say, okay, which one of these am I? Because we we, dece- we can deceive ourselves instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, oh, I'm this or oh, I'm that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, for example, I think a lot of people are going to think they're sixes. And I think that's because fear is the least shameful sin on the list. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody, you know, um, you know, nobody wants to be like, you know, you don't want to be in small group. Yeah, my core sin's lust, Susie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, nobody wants to have to share that. But the reality is um, a lot of us have that struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like for me, it's really, really hard for me to admit that my core sin uh, and struggle was lying, which is why I started a mm-hmm. church whose vision was to be real with self, God, and others, because mm-hmm. that was the deepest need of my heart. And that's how God had to change me because I just wasn't real in any way. And so, um, you know, part of, I think, how you know what your personality is, man, when you look at that list and there's one thing on there, you're hoping, please, God, don't let that be mine. And that's probably pretty close. And we we have some resources, which we'll get to later, that will help um, everybody at home have a way to find out or narrow down what um, <clears throat> their primary motivator or type or style might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's important to remember is that you, you'll probably have a lot of a couple of them and you, none of us necessarily are all of one, right. but one is probably our primary influencer. Mm-hmm. And so we want, you know, as we're going through the series, people might be like, yeah, I really struggle with that. Oh, and I really struggle with that. What we want to do in the series is help you understand what your primary motivator is because that's probably one that's driving and influencing you most. And once you get to that, there's there's one or two out of a hundred plus people that I've personally interacted that's done this that didn't get their primary style and go, oh my gosh, that's so me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at me in this descriptor. I make so much sense, like all of the sudden. Um, and even that was our experience when we did it and went to our coaching where you were like, She's always, and then I get my results back and he's like, that's so her. I'm like, that's so me, you know, without realizing it. So we're going to help everybody or have some resources to help everybody. We've been spending months getting this ready for the church in simple terms. And again, we want the Enneagram, like Matt said, to just be a tool Mm -hmm. to help you be real with yourself. We don't need everybody becoming experts on the Enneagram. We want everybody to become experts on themselves and the Enneagram has been a great tool that we have found um, that's helped us and help. it's helped us not try to change each other or be confused by each other, but understand each other better. So Right. And so here's the key. So some people say, well, it's unbiblical. Well, <laughs> is a shovel biblical? <laughs> a shovel is a tool. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and, and, and so again, when you get, when you get online and, and you see, there's a lot of wackos. And as we were digging into the church, we reached out to some experts on it. And it's just, it, it, they're, People, people get weird, but you have to remember Satan used the Bible to tempt Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Satan uses the word of God as a tool. Mm-hmm. And so many, many cults have used the word of God as a tool. Shoot witchcraft quotes verses in the Bible as a tool. And so we have to be very, very careful. Sandals Church is a conservative Christian church. So what does that mean? We believe what the Bible says and we're trying to be obedient to it as best as we can. We, we don't interpret the Bible through culture. We interpret our culture through the Bible. That that's that's what mm-hmm. makes us different. Feel free to ring. You guys missed that. There Sorry. we go. Okay, so let <laughs> me say it again in case you missed it. We we do not at Sandals Church interpret the Bible through culture's lens. That's what a lot of people do. 
we interpret our culture through the Bible's lens. So we, we come at it through that. You don't, it's too late. It's like the golf clap. <laughs> like, I was going to um, ring it again. <laughs> so, so just know that there's going to be critics. And, and again, there's people, you know, out there who desperately do not want to look at themselves. They don't mm-hmm. want to look at their life and what's happening. And, and if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you must grow in your relationship with yourself. You are the limiting factor in your relationship with God. You can only go as deep with God as you are willing to go deep with yourself. And so one of the verses that David says that we talked about was, um, search me, O God, know me, mm-hmm. reveal to me, God, my anxious thoughts. That's a prayer in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, God already knows all those things. So who needs to discover that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's David. God, show me me. Search me, God, and reveal the anxiety in me, reveal the worry in me, reveal the things in me, God, that I don't understand about myself. That's, that's a prayer, man. That's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And so what we're doing is we're going to teach you and show you how to use a tool that's going to help you answer that prayer in your life. Because a mm-hmm. lot of you as married couples fight and you don't know why. You just don't know why. I mean, Tammy and I, as we've worked through the Enneagram together, it's been extraordinarily helpful. I will warn you, we have had some Enneagram fights. <laughs> so so that, does, that does happen. Um, you know, um, you have to be very, very careful when, when, you, when you utilize this tool, especially in the context of marriage or friendship, that you don't, you don't compliment your number's beauty and point out your friend's or spouse's brokenness, mm-hmm. which is what I did in, in our argument in Hawaii that was really, really bad. So we had this, we were at this beautiful hotel in Hawaii. Like it, we shouldn't have been able to stay there. It was just gorgeous. And I thought we were going to leave. I, we were there, what, 30 minutes? Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And it was because, <laughs> it was because as my, as a three, my, my deepest concern is that we have a successful vacation. Mm-hmm. Tammy's in her six and she's freaking out about what might happen. <laughs> and so, right, those two yeah. things are on a collision course because mm-hmm. her fear of failure, do you see how that would negatively affect my desire for success? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it created an unhealthy thing and we, we almost went home. I mean, we'll literally imagine you arrive in Hawaii and you're there and I'm just thinking, how are we going to sleep in the same hotel room for, you know, when we can't even get through a meal? as we're staring at the beautiful ocean under palm trees being served (laughs) drinks. We made it through. One of the things I think is really important to say, and this may come up in one of the questions later though, is the Enneagram helps you understand your brokenness and your core motivations, yes. But what it also does that I think is so extraordinary and powerful is it helps you see the beauty in your design. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest problems I see in people today is they minimize who they are and maximize who everybody else is Mm. and how God's gifted them. What the Enneagram helps you do is say, and what we've done at Sandals is try to take the beauty of each style and say, here's why your style matters in the world. Here's the attribute that you reflect of God to this earth in this big, beautiful mosaic of humanity and why it's so necessary. And my heart for our church is that people can stop saying, I wish I, I was more like right. Matt, you know, why am I not driven to have to win everything I do? I, I'm just not wired that way. Um, and, and instead of being that way, like I did, I was for years now I'm like, oh, here's why this world needs me mm-hmm. and the way that I think 
and the way that I strategize. Because when I'm healthy, I'm a really good planner. Think ahead. What are the details? What needs to happen? Um, the strengths of the the loyal person, the six, um, is is being loyal and also questioning, but in a good way and making sure we're prepared at preparedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see like a lot of stuff that happens in our life or helps Matt achieve is because I go, okay, here's where he wants to go. I need to plan all these things to make that happen. And so that's one thing I want our church to get excited about for the next nine weeks also is not mm-hmm. just so we can go, here's how you suck and how you can grow and how you sin, but also an equal amount of reflection onto here's why how you are is absolutely essential mm. to mankind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't minimize it for another second in your life. Work towards becoming the healthiest version of that because you contribute so much. And that's what I love about about this just as much as it helps you go, mm. Ooh, I really need to watch myself because by default I'm going to struggle here, mm-hmm. but here's why I'm necessary. And it, it frees people to stop trying to be everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Amen. That's God good. made you to be you. Everybody else is already taken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ringing the bell everybody today. So every time I talk and I ring the bell, it's just like, Oh, that's yeah. good. So good. Okay, so Pastor Matt, when you introduced this topic to our church um, in your message, you talked about how we tend to not see ourselves clearly because sin and shame tends to make us blind to who we really are. Just like what you were talking about, Tammy, we tend to minimize who we actually are. So what's maybe the best first step to start looking at ourselves honestly in spite of that? Yeah, the, the best first step is to, to, to accept that I might not see myself how I am. And so um, one, of the, one of the lies we tell ourselves, especially when we encounter criticism, um, from others is what my intentions were. And so one of the lies that we present to ourselves is that we always have good intentions. And so therefore people around us should not be offended. And that's going to be the way we present ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is just saying, look, and so, um, you know, I, I really, I've always been a very, very polarizing figure. Um, people have always really, really liked me or really, really not liked me. There, there's never been a lot of people that are like, eh, I'm Matt Brown. It's either, <laughs> yes, man, I love that guy or man, that guy's crazy. And so uh, I love the attention of the people who love me, but I, I literally thought the people who didn't like me were crazy. And I think this is one of the reasons Jesus <clears throat> says, love your enemies. Because sometimes it's only our enemy that's totally honest with us. Because our enemy doesn't care about your feelings. They don't care about whatever. They're just going to say, hey, look, mm-hmm. this is what you are. And um, we, we need to learn to listen to them and consider and say, okay, what, what are they seeing maybe that I'm missing in myself? So we're all sinners. And so this is just the question. You know, I, I spoke in front of, I don't know, a thousand pastors yesterday at Saddleback Church. And I just asked them, what's your sin? Like we're preaching to the world about their sin and how they need a savior this uh, coming Easter weekend. But how, how, how are you sinning? And, and just be willing to accept myself. And if you have never asked this question, what is my sin that I commit on a daily, regular basis? I don't believe that you're living a committed, intimate relationship with God. First John 1, 9 says this, that if we say we have no sin, we're calling God a liar and the truth is not in us. That's so harsh. Yeah. <laughs> that well, is serious. <laughs> I, literally, so there's, there's a movement of Christianity called the holiness movement. And uh, we had a person in our church who came from that movement. And I just said, can you explain First John 1, 9 to me? And that, I just quoted it to you. If we claim we have no sin, we are calling God a liar and the truth is not in us. Explain that verse to me. It's written to believers. Mm-hmm. That's not a random letter to, uh, you know, John Q. Roman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's to the to church at Ephesus in John's writing. And he says, then the beautiful part of that verse is, 
If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we need to be thinking about on a regular basis. Um, I don't believe that we confess sin to stay saved. Um, I believe that we are saved once we make that decision. We confess our sins to stay intimate with God. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that that's huge. Um, that was good. And so, you know, Tammy and I have been married for 22 years. We have not been intimate for 22 years. There's been periods where we're distant, where we're disconnected, where we've even been angry. And it's always the result of sin. Mm-hmm. We've never been separate because of holiness. <laughs> There's never been a time where we were just loving God, self, and others so much that we were apart. So, um, you know, and that's what it does to our relationship with God. And so that's why we need to on a regular basis. Okay, God, show this in me. And, and reveal to me what my sin is. And again, a lot of people just really have no clue uh, about what their sin is and, and how it adversely affects them, others, and their relationship with God. And so I just think you need to say, okay, God, I'm going to have open hands. And I know not everybody watches the show, but I'm going to open my hands. And um, literally last night, we just had a small group. And um, when we open in prayer, I just, I just, I don't always do this, but sometimes I just, I lift my hands up and I'm saying, God, I want to receive whatever you want to reveal to me in small group through this prayer and through this time. I want to, I want to come Mm open-handed. And that's what I would say in this series is come open-handed and say, God, what do you want to teach me about me? What do you want to teach me about me? And so here's the thing that's so amazing. As God teaches you about you, he's going to teach you about him. They're intimately connected. This is why Jesus, today my uh, quiet time was in John 17, over and over and over again. Jesus prays this, may they be one as you and I are one. So, right, so if there's two parts to my relationship with God and I'm coming to him completely ignorant of myself, you know, I, I'm gonna be a mess. And so, um, you know, like if you're, if you're dating somebody or you're considering marriage, if you don't know who you are, you have no business getting married to who they are. You just don't. So you need to have some kind of grasp of who you are before you enter into a relationship. Because if you don't know you, you're not ready for them. And the same thing is true of God is I've got to continually to learn. That doesn't mean we need to know everything. You know, I'm 46 years old. I'm still learning a ton about myself. And I'm learning a ton about God and who God is and how he reveals himself to me. And so here's the thing that's, if if you're off when you read the Bible, guess what's gonna happen? It's off. Mm -hmm. It it Mm -hmm. is. If you come to the Bible with wrong assumptions, you're going to get wrong interpretations. It's just true. That's why there's 247 different versions of Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's, ba- that's one denomination. Uh, you know, there's one Catholic church, but there's hundreds of literally factions amongst the Catholics. Same with the Orthodox, every denomination. Um, and now we have this thing called, you know, non-denominational, which means they're all wrong. And we, you know, <laughs> we got it right. We stand alone. Um, and so you've got to be really, really careful because if, if you're skewed, your view of God is going to be skewed. And I see that over and over again. And so many people live miserable lives because they literally say this, I don't understand why God would call me to do this and it doesn't work out. And you know what the answer usually is? God didn't call you to do it. Mm-hmm. Your arrogance and your ignorance are driving your life. So you, you, need, you need to deal with yourself. And I even meet pastors who they are and who God is are so confused to them. They can't hear from God because all they hear is is from themselves. And so this process will really begin to help you know yourself. And that will help you to know when is it God speaking and when is it me speaking? Mm -hmm. Because I got to be very careful as a three, every time there's an opportunity for something more successful, I can't assume that's God. Mm -hmm. Right? 
just like Tammy can't assume every time there's an opportunity that it's, you know, we're going to fail. She's got to, sometimes God's pushing her into a new step of obedience and trust. Um, so we, we have to, we have to be able to challenge ourselves and know our strengths and our weaknesses. So I would just say, have an open hand and just, you know, and just know some people are going to be critical of this process. And I'm going to guess they don't have a clue who they are and they maybe don't want to know. So, um, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just sad. It's just a, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. We're a conservative Christian group. We love God. We're following mm-hmm. God. We are being obedient to the great commandment. Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what we're doing in this series. Okay. Love yourself. So as you uh, introduced the series this weekend in your messages, you talked about the three P's for, is it how we understand each other? Is it our, understand ourselves? You talked about, I'm, I'm reading these so I don't screw it up. You pr- how we perceive life, how we process what we perceive, and how we present ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. So let's walk through each of those really quick. Um, on, on this first one about how we perceive our, ourselves, um, what are some of the most common ways maybe based on our life experience, our families, whatever, that we perceive uh, the world around us. Right. Well, you're, tra- you're trapped within you. Um, you know, I only grew up with one sibling. Uh, so my brother and I, it's amazing to me, and I think Tammy can comment on this as well because she only has one sister. But when we sit and we talk about our childhoods, Tammy's version of her childhood and her sister's version of her childhood are radically different on many levels. Hmm. And the same thing is true of my brother and I. We lived in the same home. We have the (laughs) same parents. We went to the same schools. We went to the same church. And yet the way we perceived our childhood is completely different. And I'm not saying Tammy and I are right and our siblings are wrong. I'm just saying that shows Mm -hmm. things are very, very different. And so, you know, what we're perceiving is what we're seeing. And we want to believe that, um, and this is why people, you know, some of the critics of the gospels, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say Jesus had different last words, you know, so if you look at the last words of Christ, right, there's seven last statements of Mm -hmm. Christ. Well, which one was it? Well, there was more than one person at the cross Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people are hearing and seeing different things. Um, We perceive different things. You you remember, uh, was it two years ago when that woman tried to kill me in Hawaii? Do you remember that? She came at me with a pickaxe and I remember when I was talking to the detective, the detective said, well, can you remember um, what she was wearing? Do you guys remember the only thing I remember? Is the color of her underwear. <laughs> and he, the detective just looked at me and he's like, no one has mentioned. And there was, you know, 50, 60 people around while she's <laughs> swinging this pickaxe at me. No one commented on the color of her underwear. I don't know why I remember that, but as she swung the axe and her pants fell off and uh, she was wearing bright turquoise blue underwear and... <laughs> He, and he literally, so, so does that mean that she wasn't wearing that because I'm the only witness of, I don't know, 25 people they interviewed that remember, she did have turquoise underwear on. <laughs> so that's a unique thing. That's that a unique thing, but, but 2000, yeah, I know I, my contribution <laughs> to the investigation 2000 years ago, you know, there were multiple witnesses. And so as the, as the, as the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are gathering together the words, they're interviewing people that a, they encountered mm-hmm. and they're writing down their stories. What were the last words you heard of Jesus? And they're, and they're telling those. And so we just have to remember, we have four different perceptions of the, 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 the crucifixion of Christ. What do they all agree on? He died. Mm-hmm. He was on the cross. It was awful. Mm-hmm. So 
it doesn't mean it didn't happen because they don't agree. It means that there were different perceptions. Do you want to comment? Well, yeah, I was just going to say how you perceive something also has so much to do with your family of origin, mm-hmm. your upbringing. Um, you know, I, I have a close friend of mine and I can say something or she can say something and we already have kind of a preconceived notion of what that means. That's nothing what they actually meant. But because, you know, the way I perceive has to do with my family um, different traumas I experienced, some of my abuse plays into the health of my style. Um, and so coming into any given situation, people already have a filter, a broken because of sin type filter, which means we automatically attach meaning. Or a lot of times we perceive things on the way we, like what we would have meant, mm-hmm. right? If we did something like, if I would have said that, I know I would have meant this. So mm-hmm. we assume the other person. So it so much of our history, our background, our family of origin comes right into play the second we're perceiving something. So that's what's so important is because we can be really, really off there or whatever our, our greatest motivator or fear is, is automatically assumed without us even thinking about it. And mm-hmm. so we're bringing all kinds of stuff to the table before it's even processed. So, so understanding like for, for me, for the style six, the loyal person, I bring in what's the worst thing that could happen or what is the fear into anything that I, that's like one of my frontline filters. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a little bit farther along in this process and growth from having this for the last several years as a tool. So now I have to say, what am I afraid of that they mean or that they're saying, Mm -hmm. um, Or what does courage look like? Because for my style, courage is always what I need to be in pursuit of. Mm -hmm. And so the way we perceive things completely can tweak us, even if it's just a little tiny bit Mm -hmm. off the trajectory of what's actually happening, we're still off. And so understanding that you perceive things a certain way and it might not, you know, it might be, um, it might be a way that you've had to because out of self-protectiveness Um, And now it's just kind of part of who you are, but understanding that you're going to perceive everything a certain way is the first step in being real with yourself and to understand like, maybe if I'm always perceiving everything and and I'm off, no wonder all my relationships are really tough. Mm. No wonder I'm so hard on myself. No wonder I give up. No wonder I'm angry all the time or anxious all the time or, you know, because right from the gate, you're on the wrong path. And Mm -hmm. so hopefully understanding that about yourself can help you grow and find some freedom and relief in. Yeah. So just think about it medically, you know, I wish we could have an eye doctor on the show um, that could really talk about vision. Um, But the reality is when we look at things like right now, I'm looking at Stephanie, um, my brain is only big enough for me to look at a very, very small portion of what my eyes see in, in HD high definition. The truth is everything else around me is, is a blur. And the, and the reason that we have to do that is because if we, if, if we saw everything our eyes see in HD, our brains would have to be like the size of an alien, you know, like the <laughs> big aliens, like we'd walk around with these gigantic heads. And so literally our eyeballs and our brains are making millions of decisions every moment of every day to not see clearly. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this is, I forget the doctor's name, but there's a doctor who did this experiment on people and he had two volleyball teams, one team wearing all black, one team wearing all, all, all white. And the experiment was to count the amount of times the white team passed the ball. And by white, I don't mean white people. I mean, yeah. people wearing white shirts. Listeners at home or even people watching on YouTube right now, if you want to play along, just pause and type this in onto your Google. You can play along. This yeah, is on so, YouTube. Um, so the correct answer at the end of the game is mm -hmm. the white team passed the ball 15 times. Mm -hmm. And so most people, you know, feel very, very good. Oh yeah, I got the correct answer. And you mm -hmm. pat yourself on the back. He says, what about the gorilla? And people are like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he says, the gorilla. And they don't believe him. Mm -hmm. And so he runs the tape and shows him again. And right in the middle of the volleyball game, a man in a gorilla suit walks onto the court and goes, brah, 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 <laughs> and then walks off. And people, uh, they're like, and so what he taught us is we're actually way more blind than we think we are. We mm -hmm. don't actually see things. Every single minute of every day, every second, our eyes are choosing what we see and what we don't see. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is if our eyes processed everything in HD, our brains would be the size of like a scary alien from space, <laughs> you know? And so we'd have these gigantic skulls and not be able to get out of bed or walk around. And so our brain has to choose what to see and what to ignore. It's actually why um, artificial intelligence in uh, vehicles is so difficult because the computer doesn't know how to choose what not to see, mm -hmm. but our brains do. So what it revealed is we're all blind. Yeah. We're all missing out. And so think about what Jesus says. He's come to bring sight to the blind. I once was blind, but now I see. And so the reality is what I have to admit is I might not be seeing everything clearly. And, and, and well, I think this is with a definition of arrogance. And if you're an arrogant person, you believe you see things exactly the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it's just so sad. Look at the division in our country. Look at, you know, um, both sides, left and right, think that, um, you know, that they see things exactly right and, and, and they know and, and they don't understand each other and, and they're just mean and awful to each other. And the reality is we're all blind. And we need to, instead of looking at each other, we need to look at ourselves. And so think of the experiment of Jesus. Why do you try to take the speck out of your friend's eye when you have a log in your eye? Think about that. Mm -hmm. You are fixated on the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't see the log in your eye. And so in this series, we're going to look at the logs in our eyes, these gigantic things that are preventing us from seeing. And, um, you know, so that's my hope and prayer is that we will be able to see accurately. And so just, you know, in your, in your small group or your community group, or even in your own prayer time this week, just every day, God, help me to see, help me to see, mm -hmm. help me to see what it is. My strengths, my weaknesses, Lord, my growth areas, um, and, and help me to see where, where, where I have done well. Mm -hmm. So we don't just want to beat ourselves up. We also want to encourage ourselves with mm -hmm. how am I better today than I was yesterday mm -hmm. and really, really work through that. And I believe God will bless you. So perception is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the second of those three Ps is how we process then what we perceive. So when it comes to that, would you say that are there more healthy or not healthy ways to process what's going on around us? I imagine a lot of us are kind of on autopilot in that area, but what are some healthier not well, I would just say this. I think we all process unhealthy and that's, um, emotions, I think lean downhill. Mm -hmm. They don't, <laughs> you know, emotions are a good thing. Passion is a good thing, but it's why. So if you think about anger, which is the core sin of the uh, one. So, um, G, uh, James says in James three, one, that human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And so we'll talk about that when we get to the one. And, um, so that's an emotion. So we have to be very, very careful. So, um, you know, if you're a one or you have a lot of one in you, you are going to tend to process things in a very, very angry way. 
And um, that can be outwardly focused or inwardly focused. You can be overly angry at yourself. And, and that's a sin. You know, um, I'm no good. I'm worthless. I'm terrible. I'm awful. Well, you know, the devil says you're worthless, but God says you were worth Christ. And so we need to remember that. So um, you are struggling today. Yeah, uh, we're in a show today, but uh, one of us is taking phone calls. I just declined it. I don't know how that got through. Yeah. So, um, so you know, our, it's it's what emotions do I bring to him in my interpretation? Mm-hmm. So, so think about this. Um, when you look at Democrats and Republicans or conservatives and liberals, um, liberals tend to be offended by words. Mm-hmm. You said the wrong thing. You, that wasn't, you know, that, that, that offended me, that hurt me, you know, so words really rile up and bring out emotions in liberals. <clears throat> what liberals don't understand is what offends conservatives, symbols, mm-hmm. the flag, the Pledge of the Allegiance, things like that. And what's sad is they both, they both miss each other. And if they could just start understanding, hey, words really matter to them. Hey, the, the national anthem is really important. The flag, you know what I'm saying? So, so mm-hmm. one, one, one tends, this is not every person, tends to be offended by symbols and another tends to be offended by words. And so um, just understanding that about myself and about others and then what emotions <laughs> do I bring to that? And so um, you want to Well, yeah, up? I was going to say, yeah, for for that's one of the things I'm most excited about is helping using this to help people understand how they're processing. Mm -hmm. Like for Matt, um, his first processing will tend to be success or failure. Mm -hmm. Success is the main motivator for the achiever, the style three and failure or not fail, you know, trying not to fail. What do I need to do to not fail or what, what do I need to omit? So I don't look like a failure. Um, that's going to be his, his primary processing point. Um, for the six, it's fear. So for me, you know, I have to really understand that my first go-to processing is always what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And what it needs to be to be the healthy version of myself is what could go right. Like what are the risks? Yes. Mm-hmm. But what could go right? Or if I don't pursue this, even, you know, what does courage look like? What might I be missing out on? Because if, if we don't do anything that scares us a little bit, Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, think of how much you'll miss out on. And so I always have to do that. We have outlined for every style what that looks like. The, the main motivator that tends to be how we process. So I'm super excited for our people to go through this so they can go, oh, that's probably a driver in me that I don't even realize until we put it in black and white. And they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I think is so great. And then, you know, how we want the Enneagram to be so helpful for people is primarily to be real with themselves so that they can become a healthier version of themselves. A secondary um, benefit to it is understanding others, Mm. is understanding like, oh, like for me, understanding that achieving is so important to Matt and the fear of failure has changed a lot of how I approach him Mm-hmm. or criticize him because what is what does criticism do immediately to the three to the achiever doesn't they fail yeah i failed and it's like no i just want you you know mm-hmm. and so to it helps me filter how i even interact with him some of my closest friends understanding how they do it so that's a secondary benefit to this our primary goal is for people to help themselves be real so they can understand themselves and God and value themselves like God values them Mm -hmm. better. But a secondary thing is that to understand how we perceive. And that's why every week 
we're going to be going through this for you. We're, we have it outlined for mm-hmm. you. Um, the beauty of the style, the brokenness, the main motivator um, for it of how you perceive, because once how you perceive it and then how you process it, everything for me that, like I said, the first process is fear, what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Knowing that now I am, have made a conscious decision. I also ask myself, but what could go right? What's the worst case scenario that can happen? And even if that happens, what then? Mm -hmm. What's funny is before I had even Mm -hmm. done this and gone through the Enneagram and learned about my primary style um, was that maybe 10 years ago, Matt and I were in counseling and this was like the activity my counselor had me do is, well, what if that went wrong? Well, then this, and it tended being this like seven steps to we're all going to die all the time. (laughs) Well, I just thought everybody was this way. Mm -hmm. But I knew Matt wasn't that way, you know? And so when, when I like had to go through that of like, well, then what if that happens? Well, then this person might not like me. Well, then they might leave Santa. You know, I had to get, go through that practice in my counseling. And so it's funny now a decade later to have learned this about myself and seen how true it's been all along of how I process life mm-hmm. and how um, sometimes when I'm in a healthy place, it's really beneficial to us. And when I'm unhealthy, it brings my whole family down. Like I can see in my children, (laughs) unhealthy Tammy coming out of like, don't go out. I don't drive at night because I might, you know, like, and some of that's healthy. Like, Hey, I have two beautiful young adult daughters. I don't want you guys getting gas at 2am in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a wise thing for the healthy, but to be like, don't ever go outside or do anything that you might fall or hurt yourself, you know, (laughs) is a really unhealthy way that I've processed. And now I've given to them to mm. process. So yeah, how I, we process yeah. matters. Mm-hmm. It matters so much. I would just say this, especially if you're a, a woman and you're raising boys and you're a six, you need to tune into this because you yes. will kill everything that God's put in your son if you don't learn how to allow Welcome them to, to be my current season. <laughs> allow them to be brave because boys need yes. boys need to risk. Boys need to, and it's one of the reasons why America is killing boys. We're destroying them because we're raising them to be girls. Sit still, be quiet, don't push the boundaries. Boys need to settle down. Boys mm-hmm. need to break their arms. Boys need to uh, hit their heads, and, and and that's how God has wired us. And we need to allow them to do that. And so, right within reason. I mean, you don't want your kid to kill himself, you know, doing things. So, but let him go skateboarding. Wear a helmet, but go skateboarding. And so, um, you know, I just think about. Um, you know, I, I broke a lot of bones as a kid and you know, that's, that's pretty normal. And so, yeah, and for some girls, but for most boys. So, so just let them do that. But even that point right there, I think just gives so much credibility to why we want to do this is me understanding how I process and how I've pushed that on my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, now I'm backing off of them and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how they process and help them be the healthiest version of that. Instead of like just gooing them with all of my unhealthy stuff. Yeah. And so, because they don't need to process like me. Half the time I need to not be processing (laughs) like me. I need to be processing to the healthier version of how God's made me. Um, And so again, understanding how you process. Yeah. And I would just, I don't want to just pick on Tammy. So my, my, (laughs) my sinfulness in raising my kids is, is I, my three wants them to be great. Mm -hmm. Add everything. And I don't know that I would agree with that, but but what I think what God wants my kids to be is good, mm-hmm. and so I've had this shift, and so um, I think goodness is doing your best, mm-hmm. greatness is being the best, 
And um, I think greatness is, is usually a recipe for sin. And so I've had to raise them and really try to shift to, I just want your best because uh, we're, as far as I know, we're not raising any threes. Yeah, there's very, yeah. I, we I'm have a wing three and I'm a, alone number two. But. In my house. So, uh, <laughs> but, but that, you know, that even, um, that, 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 that it's just, it's diff- different. You know, I'm alone in my three in my entire, my mom, my dad, my brother, I'm, you know, I'm the only three. Um, it's just very, very different. I, I am driven to success and, and that produces some good things, but it produces some really ugly things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to really, really be careful and, and watch and, and celebrate the uniqueness of who God's made you, but also activate your awareness of, okay, this, this can lead me in an unhealthy way mm-hmm. and, and cause some really, really dangerous things in my life. So, mm-hmm. so the last of the three P's is about how we present ourselves to others. What are you guys hoping for us and for our church in the awareness of pr- how we present ourselves? Yeah, just that you would be aware that you're, you're, you're presenting something. You, you are a movie to other people. You're a TV show. You're a commercial. And people are interacting with what you're presenting. And so what you're presenting is the result of, of how you perceive life, perceive life. And that's based, like Tammy shared, on how you were raised, what happened to your life, how you've processed those things. So perceiving is what you believe you see. Mm-hmm. Processing is how does this make me feel? Mm-hmm. And then presenting is based upon what I think I've seen, based upon how it's made me feel. And what meaning I've attached. Yeah, and what meaning I've attached to it. This is how I'm going to present myself to the world. And it's, and it's, it's very, very different. And, um, um, and just understand that we're all going to come at that in a very, very different way. And we have to be aware mm-hmm. that how I'm presenting myself to the world is offensive to some, it's unhealthy to others. It's mm-hmm. so like, um, you know, some of the things, just being aware of how people perceive me, like you guys, you know, you guys, I, I don't agree that I am. Uh, what do you call me? Intimidating, and what do you say about my eye contact? Oh, that you stare into people's souls. That I stare into people's <laughs> souls. Okay, I, I don't see that, but at the end of the day, who do I have to trust? Everyone that's saying, <laughs> and I mean, everyone says this. Uh, my kids say it. My wife says it. You know, my friends say it. Uh, you know, you're intimidating, and you stare into people's souls. Um, so I can go with what. Well, I, you know, there's an intensity about me that I have to understand that this is the way that I present myself. And, um, you know, so I, I have, I have to understand that this is the way people are receiving me. That can't, it can't be that everybody's wrong and I'm right. It just, right. I mean, mathematically. And so I have to accept that, that people are seeing me in a certain way. And here's the thing. If you're a Christian, listen, man, people are going to listen to what you have to say when they like what they see. Mm -hmm. Feel free to tweet that. (laughs) <laughs> Let me say it again. And this is why all of the haters for Sandals Church, well, I just don't get why they do what they do. Look, w- the days of everybody just accepting that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and we're all going to repent of our sins. You know, look, Billy Graham died and so has the America that he ministered to. That America is gone. It does. It, it is not here. People need to like what they say before, like what, they, like what see. they see before they believe what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that the way we're presenting ourselves, which is why the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? Against these things, there is no law. What is, what is the Holy Spirit saying? Be nice, be, be but, nice. But also in this context for the Enneagram, um, 
as a tool and like as pertains to the series, the way you present yourself, you know, is going to kind of scale to your level of stress or anxiety or health. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, back to your primary motivation. Right. So I'm going to use you for example. Um, feel, you know, fr- feel free to Matt, use me. <laughs> Matt is very driven by success. So that's the style three, the achiever, the achieving person. Um, that person, their their biggest motivation and drive um, is to be successful. And the counterbalance to that is lying or deceit. Sometimes that's to themselves. Either I'm not enough. That's a lie that that type can be as I'm never enough. Matt really struggled with that type of deceit also. Um which is no matter how he does an Iron Man, that I, my time wasn't good, where most right. people won't even do. You know, but the counterpart of that is what parts of life or the story do I need to either exaggerate or lie about to seem more successful? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to omit so that I don't damage the success I have? So how we present ourselves is also rooted back in mm-hmm. our core motivation and primary style because... We all care about a certain thing, you know, for the style one, um, deep need to be right. The world around them needs to be right, which is why they tend to struggle with anger because is everything right or right according to us, right? That's, (laughs) um, and so when things don't, you know, one of their biggest fears is if they need everything to be right, they're driven by, they're afraid they're wrong. Mm. And man, if they, if someone else does something wrong, they're angry. But if they do something wrong, it's almost too much to bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each, each style is bringing in a way they need to present themselves. The, the style one t- tends to always present themselves as being right. Mm-hmm. Because being wrong is just too painful. Um, there's one of those for each of the styles. I won't go. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through them all during the series and during the. the that was the, just a little teaser for you. The people. debrief. <laughs> yes. A so, teaser. Um, but the way all of all of this comes out in the way we present ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Stephanie, you'll probably agree with me on this. I like when Tammy asks us questions on the show live better than Pastor Matt because you you don't ask trick questions. Yeah, Pastor Matt's questions are always tricky. <laughs> Well, give an mm-hmm. example of that. No, that's too hard. <laughs> that's too hard. Gotta go. Well, no, that's, that's a great uh, highlight and preview for, for mm-hmm. what's coming up. You, let, what's, let's talk about what we're going to do over the course of the next several weeks and even here on The Debrief. That's right. So um, we are going to spend the next nine episodes of The Debrief dedicated to each one of those nine types. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you at the end of this episode. So if you're still listening, you're going to get a real treat. We're going to give you a link to where you can sign up. To get our version of this test, so you can learn. You're what so you're ready to which be a mom, is the by one, way. which is the one that we're recommending. We yeah. have done our due diligence to look at the different tests, mm-hmm. look at the ways you can get online right now and do a super free cheapo one. Yeah, Most of those come out like one of three of the styles. Mm-hmm. We don't trust them. We found the one that we trust the most, and so we're asking our people to if if you want to participate in the best way to how much is us. it to take the test ten dollars yeah ten bucks and so you know we've negotiated that deal with the um yeah that uh, is not what we paid we paid like 75 yeah yeah ours, so, it, so this is a great deal for you and we've negotiated with these um you know um solid christian people who have you know phds in psychology mm-hmm. who have written this test evaluate and interpret it mm-hmm. and just so you know we have people at our church like my wife who's an amazing um person that can come alongside and coach and please don't everybody try to get Tammy because there's other people uh, like her that are great readers. I'm not, a, I'm not a great reader because I just, 
Uh, we just cut you off so bad. Stop. Oh, sorry. Fine. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm used to it. No, I did, but now we're uh, like, no, I know she good. was trying to make and an important sure announcement. So. Yeah, make the announcement. Sorry. No, this is good. Well, we are going to tell you how to get the test in just a second. We do want to. It's a to real it. treat, guys. It's a real treat. I know. It's a link to a website. It's a link to a website. Thinking, where you can that's, that's, that's Stephanie's so prepared to be a parent already. We mm. got a real treat for you guys. Yeah. If yeah. you listen it's a, it's a and you finish dinner. what we're it's asking a, you to do, <laughs> you're going to get something really great at the end of it. Um, but we are going to spend the next nine episodes going over each of these types. So we want you to be prepared and come into that knowing what your primary type is, what are some of those other ones that you tend to be high in. And then we're actually going to have two guests um, from people that we know here at Sandals Church who tend to identify with each of those styles. So you'll get a chance to hear from actual people who live that out. A lot of how you got to hear a lot about what threes are like and what sixes tend to experience on this show. You're going to get to dive into that with people who each of those. express all of those nine types over the next a uh, few weeks and it's going to be incredible. We're going to ask them things about what their first reaction was like, mm. what life is like living that out as they're starting mm-hmm. to discover that and unpack that, um, how they've learned to understand themselves and others better through that um, on the good and the bad side. It's going to be really Yeah, great. And let me just say this. We use this test that uh, you'll be taking in our hiring process of every mm-hmm. single person. We do not hire a person who does not take this test because I think it gives assessment. an assessment. It gives, <laughs> it gives, us uh, about 80 to 85% accuracy of who they are at their core. It doesn't give you the whole picture, but it gives you a, a good picture of uh, areas where they're healthy and unhealthy. And again, the, you take the test. This is how you see yourself. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's, make sure it's a cool thing. I'm really clear. You guys are, are telling us we're going to get the most out of this um, content if we know who our type first by taking the assessment before we go any further. Absolutely. Because okay. even before Matt and I did it, we went to some counseling, life coaching t- almost three years ago now. And this was one of their requirements for us to go to this coaching. Leading into it, we were both so sure that I was one, the two, the helper. Then I got the assessment back and it was the six, the loyal person. I'm like, what? We were so sure I was something else. And once I read it, I was like, no, that is the meest me, like mm-hmm. undeniably. Now I have a lot of two traits also, because again, we're going to have, which is why it's important. Well, why I'd want to encourage everybody go through every one of the weeks, mm-hmm. because if it's not you, it might be somewhat of a high motivator in you or somewhat of a high motivator mm-hmm. in someone you love. Mm-hmm. So remember I said the primary thing for this is that we that we teach people how to be real with themselves. But the secondary blessing and benefit is that we understand others better mm-hmm. and the beauty that God has in them and the broken, you know, their brokenness so mm-hmm. that we can love them in that place better. But um, yes, Tinger question. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm all about those secondary blessings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, everyone. It's time for the real treat from Stephanie. Oh Here it God. is. Back to the real treat. All right, so if you want, to our website. That's right. So if you want to get registered and signed up to take the assessment that we have here at Sandals Church, you're just going to go to move.sc slash register SD. The SD is for self-discovery. So go to move.sc slash register SD. We'll also have that link in the show notes for this episode, as we always do at debrief.show slash 104. We'll also make sure that move.sc slash real treat will take you right there as well. (laughs) And here's why why it's a real treat is that (laughs) this assessment for only this nine weeks is going to be available to anybody attending these services. Mm-hmm. After that, it will only be a real treat after <laughs> people attend the real workshops. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. And um, a, a team um, 
and I have been looking at all of the Enneagram style stuff out there. We've taken what we believe is, is the best, simplest way for you to, what do you need to know about the beauty and the attribute of God that each one displays? What does the brokenness look like? And what is it, the pursuit of health? Mm-hmm. for that style look like. We've narrowed these down for each style so that every person has a starting point. Then we're in the assessment that you'll get back. You'll get, um, how to, uh, it's a letter from Matt. How do you understand your score and what are your next steps? And there's like eight to 10, um, like uh, reflection kind of journal questions for you to go through. And you could spend the whole next year just mm-hmm. on those growing in your relationship Um and how you value yourself, how you interact with others and growing in health and that. So, you know, there's not a ton of need to like, I need one-on-one coaching or, you know, that may be part of it, but there's going to be enough for you to practice, to grow in pursuit of being the healthiest version of yourself mm-hmm. right in that assessment. And it is a treat, like I said, because after the sermon series, that link is not live for them anymore. And it will only be something that's accessible to people who've gone through the real workshops. Mm -hmm. So right now, um, I think we have over a thousand people doing it who've already completed the real workshops. They got the benefit of getting kind of the precursor going into this Mm -hmm. and and getting those assessments done. So, but um, for the next nine weeks, it's open to anybody, whether they've done that or not, which is a real Real treat. treat. (laughs) There we go. Go get those real treats, friends. (laughs) And we'll see you in the future.